Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back. And the uh, most fun part of the week for me, I know you get a life, but this is my life. I love it. Uh, I'm in the studio here with a team of uh, uh, close associates uh, that have been doing this for a long time together. And we're your automotive uh, team is to help you buy a car, lease a car. Actually, we don't want to help you buy or lease a car today because it's a terrible time to buy or lease a car. But we can explain that and we can explain when it is a good time and um, maintaining, repairing, leasing, fixing uh, the whole nine yards. We're going to basically in a nutshell, it sounds a little cruel, but how not to get ripped off by a car dealer, for that matter, independent repair shops and things like this. Uh, you heard the introduction recorded a minute ago and. Um, we're uh, we're diversified in here. We've got uh, Nancy Stewart, uh, who's my co-host, a co-founder of the show, actually, uh, many many years ago. Uh, she's our female advocate, uh, speaking uh, pretty much directly to the ladies in the audience. Um, we're trying to bring the uh, automobile dealers of the world along to the 21st century with everybody else, and part of that is including women. And uh, to my right, I've got Rick Kearney. Um, I call him a computer auto specialist. He's, a, uh, he's also an electronics expert. He's a, a mechanic. There's still some mechanical things going on with cars, so he's got that. He's been doing this for over a quarter century, and um, we've been together for uh, about that period of time, and, and uh, he's the best I know. He's, uh, when you call this show, and we encourage you to call Rick at this show, 877 877- 960-9960, and we're going to give you a bunch of other ways to reach us, but that telephone number is 877-960-9960, and let us know what's wrong with your car. Is something that got you worried? We're advising you, by the way, to keep the car a while longer. Uh, we've been saying that for a long, long time now because we kept thinking prices were going to come down on new and used cars. Well, they are coming down on used. That's the good news. They're not down far enough, but they're coming down. New cars, eh, a little bit. But they're still both too pricey. So we advise you to keep your old car. Give it a few more months at least. And then consider buying to get a much better price. But how do you keep that old clunker running? And I'm being a little facetious. I hope you don't drive an old clunker. But uh, the car you're driving, you can make it last another six months. You can be comfortable and safe um, if you if you have the knowledge as to what needs to be done. Rick Kearney will diagnose your problem. And you can um, verbally describe it to him, calling the show at 877-960-9960. And he monitors the YouTube channel, by the way. That's youtube.com forward slash Earl on cars, youtube.com forward slash roll on cars. He monitors that, so you can speak directly to him, even while I'm yakking. He, you can talk to him and post on face on um, YouTube and uh, tell him what's wrong. You can actually send him a video clip or an audio clip, and that would really help him uh, give you a specific diagnosis. And it's free. And uh, he's about 99% good on knowing the answers, and the, the 1%, we go to Google. The whole world is going to Google. In fact, you can go to Google, and uh, amazing answers you'll be able to find there. i got my son, Stu Stewart, sitting across uh, the aisle for me here. Uh, he's in charge of our most famous, popular segment of the show, and that's the Mystery Shopping Report. 
And uh, boy, have we got one for you today. I say that almost every week, but <laughs> we, we got, we're rarely uh, shocked. We were shocked. Uh, Nancy, Stu and I, and Rick, I don't know if you knew about it, but you'll be shocked when you hear about it, but we have a wowzer. And uh, it, it, we're gonna, uh, a lot of dealers out there and a lot of other people think, why are you even gonna talk about this? Well, we talk about everything. Uh, we talk about things that make us look good, things that look us, make us look bad, things that don't make any difference. We just want to tell you the truth, and that's what we're doing. We're going to tell you the truth today about a mystery shopping report that was embarrassing to some members of the of the group. I'll leave it. I want to be a little bit vague about it. I want to I want to save the excitement for the last part of the show. That'll be the last half hour of the show that we do the mystery shopping report. So, okay, I'm going to interrupt you this morning. Our lines do. are lit up. Oh, and, wow. Uh, we are ready to go. Let's hit the phone. Phil, good morning. Phil's calling us good from morning. Jupiter. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm a long-time listener, and I'm also a customer of yours. And uh, I bought my 2017 Prius in for a problem I've been healing. It, it's a, it was making a squealing noise when I started it up and it comes and goes and it's been going on for a month so I brought it in for diagnostic uh, being done on it uh, Friday mm-hmm. and uh, Anthony's my advisor and I do what y'all said I, t- I took my phone and, looked and made a copy of the noise so they could hear it and then uh, I'll just read you what they found out on it the tech found that there was an AC blend door making noise during startup due to low battery voltage and they replaced the battery it was under warranty and everything was fine so i get yesterday uh, i started driving it in the afternoon all of a sudden it's it's still making that noise a little bit and i just wondered maybe rick could uh, give me some guidance on uh, what what they think that could be now hmm. um if that sounds coming from nacy blend door then that would it's probably going to be the the blend door itself um, I've never heard of a low voltage issue actually causing a blend door to make noise. Okay, for a person who is not mm-hmm. mechanically inclined, me, what what are we talking about here? Uh, when you when you first start the car up, the air conditioning will adjust the the doors to determine where the airflow is going and the temperature of the air and all that. There's different doors in the box that it will move by way of little uh, actuators, little motors that will just moved in various places the door is where in in the air conditioning evaporator box oh. under the dash did you know any of this too no. i didn't either well i'm not just, i just love i love listening to rick i learn something new every day thanks for the question phil I, i'm the dealer and i'm learning so go ahead yeah, um the fact that they found the battery bad now a bad battery can cause some odd issues and so it's, it's certainly possible but sometimes what we think is the answer, uh, there's sometimes also an underlying answer as well. Um, probably one of those blend doors is starting to stick a little bit. Maybe the, the wasn't adequately greased from the factory, so over the years that grease has worked its way out, or maybe some debris got in there, a little bit of dirt or something. And so when the door is trying to move, it's actually making some noise because of that dirt or something. Uh, we'd have to actually get in and really dig around to try to figure out what, you know, what part is causing that noise. And unfortunately, sometimes with intermittent noises like that, that can take quite a while because you've got to actually 
see or feel what is moving when that noise is occurring and if the noise isn't happening right then well let me ask you a question it could be that, almost impossible. That, that phil may be thinking phil are you thinking this am i going to have to pay again or was this covered under warranty it was covered under warranty well, he so said the battery covered under phil, the battery was covered under warranty right okay so so we, yeah, there was no yeah, charge no, okay. No charge. So we, so we basically misdiagnosed this. I mean, maybe. I mean, that happens, right? Well, so, yeah. yeah. And it it may have been that um, we found an issue that we thought was causing it, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. But I mean, uh, granted, uh, I don't want to say no harm, no foul, because so it cost Toyota it money cost because it, they had yeah. to, Toyota had to pay for the battery, but because right. under warranty, didn't cost Phil any money. So now. It might cost Phil money if we have to go back and do what the problem really was. Right. And, of course, obviously his time and effort, you know, for, for having to drive all the way to the dealership and back. You know, I understand that, too. But, you know, some, sometimes we do make mistakes. We are human. But we probably also saved him a hassle, too, yeah. by finding a battery that was getting well, Phil, ready to Phil, fail completely gonna, on him. We're going to give you a car to drive so there will be no charge because, yeah. you know, we should have done that. But apparently... Uh, uh, we're, Rick is saying uh, it was a misdiagnosis, an honest mistake, and now we have to find the real cause. And uh, yeah, if, if it's if that noise is coming back on you, uh, if it's coming back at a regular point, uh, just come on back in and we'll take a look at it again. Okay. Yeah, I was going to make an appointment with Anthony uh, for next week and have him come in because I don't live that far from you. It's not a mm-hmm. deal. And uh, have them look at it, and uh, like you said, maybe it's the blend door sticking or something. That, that's what I'm thinking too, because it, it it looked different this time. It came on, and it didn't. Usually, it was after I uh, opened, pushed the start button, and then it would do it. But now it just came on when I was just driving down the road. So it looks like they touched something on there. So I think I think you got it. I think that's what it is. Yeah, Phil. So, by, by by the way, Rick is. Uh, Probably the you know I, I brag on him as being a great technician, uh, but he is also he's probably the world's greatest Prius technician. You know, you know we've been okay, sure. uh, for so long, so he he's been to more Prius schools than anybody in the world, I think. So he really knows how to okay. work on this vehicle. So we'll get it fixed for okay. you. Hey, okay. hey, well, Phil, I, I want to commend yeah. you for using uh, your phone. Uh, I, I've told everyone all, all the time, and so have all of us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. What a great device. Isn't it great that you can record a noise, and it just makes it a lot easier for that technician? I'm glad you did that. Well, Anthony took it and took it on his phone, and he had it right in there for the technician to hear. So that really worked. Yeah, and it definitely works, whomever did it. Phil, thank you so much for the phone call. Okay. Look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. And uh, you can definitely text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, remember $50 for the first two new lady callers this morning. Remember the cardinal rule. When you go in to a dealership, don't forget the cardinal rule. You've got to do your homework. We're going to go to Bob, who is holding from Lake Park, and uh, Victoria from Wellington. Please hold on. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone this morning? Good. Great. Yes. I have a question for Rick. It's an air conditioning question. Uh, I've had a car. I bought it new. I've had it for a number of years. I never really used the air conditioning very much. I'm more of the type of person who likes to drive with their windows down. The last couple of years I've been using it, and I noticed, and this has been happening since I bought the car, 
that in the mornings when I turn the AC on, it's ice cold. But then if I put it on uh, in the summertime when it's 100 degrees outside, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the, uh, the air that comes out is much more muted. Uh, why is that? Uh, first one, which one? Uh, what year is the car? What, what's the vehicle we're talking of? We're talking. It's a 2015 Mustang. Oh, okay. And is it the volume of air that seems to be less, or the temperature no, no, of the no, air? Oh no, the temperature. The it's temp- ice cold in the yeah, in the mornings. Yeah. It blows ice cold. But if it's 100 degrees outside and it's 12, one o'clock in the afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon, when it's really hot, the, the air that comes out is not at the same temperature. Okay. And, and it's been doing that. It's been doing that ever since I had the car. I mean, yeah. but I never really bothered me because I never used. Like I said, I didn't really use the AC for like the first five years. The last couple of years, I've been using it in the summertime, July and August. Right. Do, and does it get down to get cold after a while? No, it just it, it's just more muted. It's, it doesn't get cold after a while. No, but it is, but if I mm. um, go the next morning. And I put it on the next morning, and I put it on if I'm going to go to public or something early. I like to shop early. <laughs> it's ice cold. Well, so why is that? And I've talked to other people, and they say it's a, they've had the same they had the same thing with their vehicles. Yeah. So it has, it has something to do with the uh, recirculated air that goes through the car. The the major thing here is just the the laws of third uh, thermodynamics, and that is that the air that you have in the morning is usually drier air and right. it's much easier for the system to remove the heat from that air uh right. you, you kind of have to picture it as, as like being light and dark uh there's no such thing as as turning on the darkness you're you're turning on light and you can get a brighter light or a dimmer light well the same thing with heat you can't actually make things cold you can simply remove heat from them or add heat to it so that air that's drier air earlier in the morning it's easier for the system to remove the heat from it and get it much cooler by taking a lot more heat away from it but Mm -hmm. in the afternoons when it's 95 100 degrees out there is so much heat in that air plus the humidity and moisture that that system really just can't remove all the heat from that air and even in recirculate mode it can take quite a while before it will bring that temperature down by removing the heat from the air. That's just oh, that's, un- that's thermodynamics yeah, and it's laws of nature. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was a, so. Uh, so I uh, Earl, I took my car over to get it appraised because I found something I thought I'd like to buy. And I walk into this dealership. No one's wearing masks. One, one, the one. There was one salesman that totally ignored me. I'm standing out there for like seven or eight minutes, and even when I walked into the showroom, and then when I uh, had them look at the car, they drove the car and everything. Uh, they lowballed me on the uh, trade and on the sale. I wasn't trading it in. I was just asking them what they would give me for the car. Mm-hmm. They lowballed me not only on the vehicle. They told me my air conditioning didn't work. <laughs> After I explained to them what the you know how what the system is that it blows cold, I happened to go over there at three o'clock in the afternoon, so it was very hot, and uh, it, it was blowing and and it, it's blowing a muted air. It's not real ice cold air, mm-hmm. and they told me the AC the AC didn't work, and then they load bold me on the uh, on the on the on the value of the car. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was odd. 
Well, there. That's uh, the old games. Uh, there's no retail business in the world that plays old games like the car dealers, and that's that's old school. You know, lowball the trade, uh, tell the customer there's something wrong with the car. There's not really wrong with the car, and. Uh, they call it stealing the trade, and that's what they were oh, trying I to know. do. <laughs> I know. I've, I've heard you use that term before. Do you want to know who it was? Uh, please, yeah. Uh, tell us. Okay. It was uh, Earl Stewart. Really? Well, uh, you got me there. Uh, uh, can you give me? I tell you what, if you can give me the names of the people that lied and cheated you from my dealership, give it to me after the show. Uh, I will uh, take uh, immediate action. I appreciate the call. I have to assume that you're being totally honest with me, and I'm sure you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, there's only one person that works there. I think that appraisal. There's only one person that actually does the uh, uh, appraisal. Four or five people that do the appraisals. Yeah, we have <laughs> we have several people that do appraisals. So, uh, if you could tell me the name of the person, can yeah, you give I it to me? I didn't get his name. I got the name of one person, but he wasn't the one that actually. Uh, you know, went to the computer and punched it in and uh, took uh-huh. the car for a ride. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll, the, we'll you, on, you give me all the details. Car. You give me all the details, and we'll take immediate action. You have my sincere apology. And we'll follow well, up on this, Bob. You can give us a call back. Take, Thank you. I, yeah, I have to take it to a couple other places. I, I haven't had a chance to do that. You, yours yeah. was the first I took it to. But, yeah. uh, I know you said we get three, uh, three appraisals. So I'm going to yeah. do. I get. I'm going to get actually get four of them. Would you would you mind giving your contact information to the uh, Jeremy in the control room so uh, I can contact you? That's fine. Okay, well, you do that because I want to be sure you're a real person and not a competitor calling up to make me look bad on the air. And I know no, I that's not the case, but by knowing your name and telephone number, I'll be sure of that. I called you. I've called your show a number of times. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Well, thank you, Bob. And I'll look for your contact information uh, with Jeremy in the control room. Hang on. Don't hang up now. Okay. Thank, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Okay, folks. Um, Owen, before we go any further, I'd love to let the audience know that uh, Earl and I had a speaking engagement on Thursday at the Rotary Club in Wellington. And, uh, gosh, what a great group of people. Uh, I I can't uh, repeat everyone's name, remember, but uh, there was uh, Susan and Tiffany and uh, uh, Victoria and uh, the guys, Mickey, uh, Scott, uh, all of you. What a great time we had out there, and uh, we'd love to come back out again. And uh, we are getting uh, the wheels turning as far as speaking engagements are concerned uh, for Earl and I. And uh, it includes uh, groups of people, senior citizens. Uh, it could be anyone, and you can get in touch with us on a, a number of ways, uh, most of all going to our Facebook and uh uh, uh, Earl on cars. That would be a, a, a great way to do it. We're going to go to uh, Victoria, who is calling us from Wellington. Good Hi, morning, Victoria. Victoria. Hi, Victoria. Uh, I, before before we start chatting, uh, I'd like to uh, give a little uh, background. Uh, Victoria and I have been conversing by text uh, since January of this year, and uh, uh, she's been going through a lot of uh, uh, efforts with attorneys and and staying on top of the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, she read uh, my column uh, many months ago and uh, has been thinking about calling the show, and we've talked, talked about it uh, week in and week out, but uh, she's uh, very well read. She's on top of things in terms of uh, 
what is uh, happening with the Federal Trade Commission and the, some of the uh, predatory tricks and, and practices of car dealers. Very, very educated consumer. Uh, she basically uh, uh, d- dealt with us uh, a 441 Nissan, and uh, I, I believe, uh, Victoria, correct me if I'm wrong, and uh, had a really terrible experience. And she's, she's working through the legal system now, and she's not going to give up until she gets um, a, a fair settlement for what they did to her. So did I get that generally right, Victoria? You did. And, you know, it's not just for me. It's for everybody else. Because sure. I can't be the only person that they did this to, from what I can tell. Oh, you're, I'm sure. From my studies. You know, and the state of Florida uh, Auto Vehicle Regulatory Group did find and cite, after months, they find and cited 441 Nissan. But it's not their job to get people's money back. That's a legal matter. And that has to be decided in court. So my goal is to try to find other people who bought cars there and who, through electronic signatures and other deceitful practices, had their charges for their cars instead of what they agreed to pay, some other higher number that they got hooked into Mm -hmm. so that we can get together and do something about this legally. Like a class action. Well, uh, or I would say a a mini-class action at the very least. Mm -hmm. You know, now that the Federal Trade Commission has sued, uh, has fined Napleton $10 million, I think we have a lot of precedent for this kind of action. If we can just find out who the people are and all of us can get together, we would, you know, one person can't do anything, but several of us could do something. Well, Victoria, you're absolutely right. One of the ap- uh, uh, you know, just apathy is one of the biggest problems. Uh, some sometimes when people are taken advantage of, they're embarrassed and they don't want to talk about it. Uh, they just go home and fume and get angry. Uh, I, I salute you and I admire you uh, for standing up. You, you were taken advantage of, and you're the car dealer's worst nightmare. You're a consumer that got taken advantage of, and you're talking about it, and you're not embarrassed. Uh, you, you, you're looking uh, at what they've done to so many others who are afraid to talk about it. So uh, how, how do you suggest we go about, uh, you've got a pretty good audience out there now. We're talking about Southern 441 Nissan, and uh, they're in uh, West Palm Beach. Or they're off of Southern Boulevard, I believe, and uh, near Wellington, actually. And uh, they, uh, they've taken advantage, I'm sure, of others besides you. How, how can we get the listeners out there to uh, contact you or maybe through the show and as you accumulate the names then you can furnish them to your attorneys does that sound like the way you want to go yes uh, i actually have an attorney who would handle the case who's Mm -hmm. pretty good at what he does Mm -hmm. the thing is that most attorneys in fact all of them that i contacted including legal aid they won't take the case because there's not enough money in it for them. And yes. I, I find that to be very, very unconscionable. I agree. And, you know, I was a fraud examiner for many years for a major corporation, and I know how to get details. I know how to find out the documents. I know what to ask for in a subpoena case, which I would be able to relay to my attorney. Mm-hmm. I think it would be better if people contacted you, Earl, and we could somehow get a pool of people. And it might not just be 441 Nissan. You know, Terry Taylor uh, is one of the largest car dealers in the country, and it's not 
just Nissan, the R41 that he has under his wing. I mean, there could be many people that are out there who could contact you, and we could get some names together, and I will volunteer to talk to everybody and get the details and get things set up. Do I, Victoria, do I have your permission uh, to give people the contact that show your number, or would you just prefer to get their number and me give it to you? I'd rather that they gave it to you and then okay. you gave it to me, if that would be possible. I'll be happy to do that. So, again, you listening out there, we've got 20,000, 30,000 people listening. We're all over the country. We're talking mainly South Florida because this is a South Florida dealership. So, uh, if you've done business with a Napleton dealership, Southern, for, well, I say Napleton, it, is, this is a Terry Taylor dealership now, right? Well, this is Nissan, but I, he has other dealer. I think he has other dealerships. Other than Nissan, other than Nissan cars, but not he's not Napleton. He's Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor, but this okay. Four forty one Nissan. So, yeah. The guy by the name of Mike Pinaccio. Very good. Yes, that's correct. Southern 441, they were uh, formerly owned by Penske, uh, and then the, they sold to Terry Taylor. Terry Taylor, by the way, to a lot of people listening, uh, he is the largest private owner of car dealerships in the United States, probably the least familiar name uh, to anyone. He, he, he is like a Howard Hughes kind of a personality. He stays underground, quiet. He lives in Palm Beach, I believe. Uh, uh, he's one of the wealthiest men, wealthiest auto dealers anywhere. And uh, he goes to extraordinary lengths to hide his name in, as an owner. I have another attorney that's called me, and I really had to do a lot of detective work. I actually had to go through some associates, uh, friends that actually <coughs> were limited partners for Terry Taylor to find out if he had ownership in a particular dealership. Uh, but he covers his tracks. And uh, I think uh, by going after him, Victoria, and by using his name, that will be a good lever for your attorney. I think Terry Taylor just may want to settle this uh, if it looks like you're going to be successful in getting enough names for a class action. Because once it hits the class action status, uh, his anonymity will go away and everybody will know about him. So. Uh, you folks out there, if you've had a bad dealing with Southern 441 Nissan, they're on Southern Boulevard in West Palm Beach. They're owned by a man named Terry Taylor that you don't know his name because he keeps it a secret. Just remember, Southern 441 Nissan. If you'll contact the show and let us know that you're willing to go into a class action suit, I'll pass your name along to Victoria, who has an attorney ready to go as long as he can get enough people interested so he'll be able to make a payday. And, you know, I guess you can't blame a lawyer. Uh, they, they, they can't work for free. So we need some names of people willing to stand up and go after Southern 441 Nissan. Victoria. Well, let me, let let me, add let me say to you. Mike Canacho, Mike Canacho also has the dealership on, um, I think it's on Lake Worth Road uh, or maybe Forest Hill, the Green Acres Nissan. But you, what you need to do is have all of your papers and you need to, I will be able to help you put things together uh, because I've already done this research for more than a year um, and I think it can be successful. I agree with you, Victoria, and uh, you bringing uh, this to uh, the attention of our audience this morning. Uh, it just says volumes about uh, the consumer being 
taken advantage of. And that $10 million that you mentioned that Nableton had to settle for, that's pocket change. And it's uh, certainly indicative of a deeply flawed system. And if we don't all come together, nothing can be done about this ongoing problem taking advantage of everyone, not just women. And I thank you for the phone call. Right. Well, one last thing, I'd like to point out that there are Florida statutes in place that talk about this specifically, that they violated. It's just a matter of getting into court and pointing that out so maybe people could get their money back. It might be a few thousand and it might be many thousand, but you should be getting your money back. It's the right thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. The right thing to do, Victoria. Thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to uh, yeah, working with you. We'll bring this up every Thank week, uh, uh, Victoria. We're not going to let this die, and we'll we'll do our best to get some people to go along with the class action. Thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Bye bye. Hey, seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven. 6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We're going to stay with the phones that are very busy this morning. I encourage the first two new female callers to give us a call. You can win yourself $50 this morning. We're going to go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I have very two simple questions to Rick. One is the manufacturer on the brake pads, they don't use, I'm sure, the most expensive material. So when the car gets new brake pads again, does it pay to get a better quality brake pad, one that has a harder lining on it, or what? Or continue with the, with the manufacturer what he had because it's probably a softer stop when you press to get the brake pedal. What's Rick's opinion? Can, can you get a? And I know they make better grades. Would it pay to get the better grade of brake lining, brake pad lining? Not necessarily. Uh, brake pads actually work by rubbing a, a softer material against a steel rotor. So when you buy, uh, buy brake pads that say those semi-metallic or metallic brake pads, and they, they look all, oh, they're incredible because they get got all that metal in them and everything. Basically what they're doing is they're wearing down the brake rotor itself. Now here in South Florida, brake rotors are thick enough from the manufacturer that when you have a brake job done, we can grind that rotor on a brake lathe, clean up its surface, and reuse that same rotor multiple times. Brake rotors can last 150 to 200,000 miles on the average car, depending on how, you know, how much wear they get, and still be usable. Brake pads, however, are meant to be worn out. And the original factory material is generally a little bit softer because that means less noise and better heat distribution so that it doesn't wear down the rotors. The brake pads are expensive. The rotors are three times as expensive. So I would much rather replace the brake pads a little more often and not have to replace those brake rotors that are much more expensive. Second part of the question, particularly foreign cars, Mercedes, BMW, it seems like they get more brake dust on the aluminum wheels than the American cars. And what suggestion do you have when this brake dust gets on? It's almost like impossible to remove it. Is there a cleaner, a special cleaner that you recommend that you can clean the wheel to get rid of the brake dust? 
not really a cleaner, but my recommendation is when you have your car serviced, ask them to wax the wheels. Uh, break any, any sort of, sort of uh, car wax, the dust won't be able to stick to it as easily, and it'll wash off a lot easier. Wax the okay, wheels. What's something as silly as it sounds, a break, uh, the rims. Carburetor cleaner, would that do a pretty decent job? Uh, it would also eat away at the rims and eat away at your brake rotors, causing corrosion, and could eat away the rubber parts behind on the caliper. So I would recommend avoid any sort of acid or carburetor cleaner, anything like that at all. Never use that on your wheels. Well, your suggestion about waxing it is an excellent suggestion, and I'm going to do that on my car because I get, I get that brake, you know, like everybody else does, the brake dust, and it's extremely hard to remove it, and I didn't want to do any chemical until I spoke to you. Do you have to dismount yep. the tire? Wow. Nope. You simply take just ordinary wax, car wax, and just like you would on the painted surface, you just put it on the surfaces of the rim that you don't want to have you know, the, the dust to stick to. Let it dry just like normal and buff it off. How much would that cost? Hey, if you're having your car detailed, they might charge you an extra 10 or $15. Hmm. Wow. i tell you what, I'm... Yeah. I wish I'd it, met you 50 years ago instead of 25. You know, uh, Rick, uh, that's something major that I always have done when I have my car washed or detailed. The tires are so important, and you have to be able to protect everything on your vehicle. And another item, I'm not a big fan of when they put, when they detail your car, of spraying the tire dressing on the tires. No. The, the spray they put on there. It, it's, oh, it, it looks so pretty for the first yeah, hour or two. It creates problems. Because it's all black and shiny and cleanly. And basically that stuff gets inside on the brakes. Yeah. And it can actually cause a little bit of increased noise from your brakes for a while. But also it, the dirt and dust from the road yeah. then sticks to that on the tires and just creates this nasty thick layer on the tires. Yeah, it's gets like all caulking over. on your windows. Yeah. I mean, it just, per, it, it just builds up and it's just amazing. Great advice, Rick. John, do you have any Excellent other questions? Suggestion. That's why we all listen to Earl Stewart on cars. Oh, you're amazing, John. We love you. We love Thank hearing you, from you. Thank you. Give us Thank a call you for again. Being there. Thank ha- you. Have a great weekend. Hey, 77960-9960. And you can also text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies, again, first two new lady callers, give us a call. You can win yourself $50 this morning. We're going to go to Van, who's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Hello, studio. Hey. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick, quick question. Okay. I have a 2015 uh, Toyota Prius, and how long does the spare tire last in the vehicle before it has to be replaced? There's more, there's a date code on it, uh, Van, and it's uh, uh, it's coded and. Um, in a minute, I'll let Rick give you that code, <laughs> secret code. But uh, our car, uh, the Department of Transportation says six years is, uh, you shouldn't be buying a tire that's uh, six years old or older. And so uh, I would check the date on it. Uh, you, can look at, uh, you can look for cracks in the tire and inspect the tire. But uh, if, if, if that spare has been there, you, you said you've got a 2013? 2015. With the 15, you're right at the time now where you probably have to take a look at that spare. Uh, Rick, what do you think? 
Well, actually, you're unlikely to find... I don't think I've ever noticed a the DOT code on a spare. I'm actually going to have to look at that because... Oh, you're talking about Space Saver. Right, the Space Saver donut oh, okay. spare. Oh, yeah, you're exactly and, right. Uh, right. That's, but that's a good question. Yeah, but because that spare is generally enclosed in the trunk where you're not getting any sort of UV light on it, yeah. uh, it's not exposed to the weather, to water, or anything like that, it's very well protected. So uh, just inspecting it physically, yeah, uh, have have a tire guy, someone look at it, say, "Does this look okay to you?" And the answer is, it probably is okay. And also checking the tire pressure in it quite often, yeah, at least once every couple yeah. months. The tire pressure I keep on sixty-five, <laughs> like they call for, so I do do that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you, man. That's a that's an interesting question, and a lot of people don't think about their spare. I wasn't thinking about it because when you say tire, I think of a full size spare, and they don't have those anymore. So, uh, well, you don't even have a spare, right? Then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was great hearing from you. Don't be a stranger. Stay in touch. I've been listening weekly, so I appreciate the show very much. Thank oh, you very much. Thank you. Van. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We're going to go to Don, who's calling from Tampa. Good morning, Don. Yes, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Great. Good. Listen, uh, we love your show. My wife and I listen to it, and I guarantee you we love everything that you have to say. And we we set our alarm clock so we don't miss the show. That's how much we like it. <laughs> so do I. I, I do have a question for you. Earl, well, I listened to you, and two years ago I called in and asked you about buying a van that we could convert to a handicap van. And you suggested Toyota. I'm tickled to death that I listened to you. We had a new Toyota converted two years ago and have had zero problems with it. Great. I do have a question. Yeah. When, when the companies convert these vans into a handicapped wheelchair-accessible van, that van is lowered to the ground. It's lower than it normally would be. And so with the new van, with the new vehicles coming out that are all electric and they put the battery stack underneath that vehicle, how are they going to be able to make a conversion van with all those batteries in the way? Great question. Uh, yeah. That's one for the engineers. Um, they're going to have to figure something out because like on, on a normal van right now, such as a Sienna, the I'm, I'm guessing the caller purchased a Sienna to have it converted. They actually moved the fuel tank and put it back behind the back bumper so as to be able to yeah. have that increased floor space for an electric yeah. wow uh they're gonna some of the engineers are gonna have to figure that out that's something they've got to work on yeah the it'd be interesting to see you know we're going to try to keep this thing at least 10 years yeah but at some point we'll have to switch off in the future and get probably something that's got some sort of electric power to it somewhere and so i'm just curious as to what they would do and where they put the batteries and yeah. how they can make that work well there, there are companies there are people thinking about this though because uh i think they're still making but general motors for a while was making a vehicle called the mpv and this was actually a, a four-door vehicle but it was specific actually a five-door had a hatchback on it was specifically designed as a wheelchair accessible uh, mobile vehicle. It was it was a, the whole in design right from the beginning was designed to be able to be accessible for wheelchairs. 
And uh-huh. I thought it was a fantastic idea and something that every manufacturer should consider is the idea of, you know, producing a vehicle that can handle wheelchairs and make it more accessible for folks that need it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's something that would just, to me, would sell extremely well for that niche crowd. I mean, I just, I, I don't mean to kind of, um, you know, declassify anything, but it just, yeah, yeah. there is a need for it. Yeah, Don, and someone should yeah. step up and Don, fill it. I just Googled this uh, question, and uh, usually I always find the answers. Um, this isn't very encouraging. Uh, the, the first thing I found was electric vehicles are the future for everyone except disabled people. Electric vehicles with batteries in the floor could be difficult to convert for wheelchair users. And it goes on there. So you've, you've hit on a huge problem that uh, I haven't even thought about. Hopefully other people listening out there, engineers and manufacturers, if they hear about this, there's a there's a problem that needs a solution, and apparently no one's found it yet. Yeah, I I would like to take a second if I could just to throw out a hint uh, to people that might be looking into a conversion van. Um, I did a lot of research on the different companies that convert a van to handicap, and almost all of the companies who want to do an electrical conversion so that one pushes a button and the ramp slides out electronically. I was looking for one that was a manual one because we had friends that had an electric one, got out and got stuck, couldn't get the ramp to go in or out of the door, and had to call a record to come and move the vehicle. Wow. I wanted a a manual ramp that I could pull out manually and push back in when I'm finished with it manually. And I found a company in Phoenix, Arizona, which is VMI, and they did a fantastic job. We've been super happy. Uh, the van and everything on it works just perfectly like the day we got it two years ago. Great. So if, if someone is looking for a, a handicapped vehicle, I would definitely look into VMI in terms of one that's not electric. Don, uh, let's, let, let, let me go. Uh, do you have, have the full name there? Let's give it to everyone listening. Yes, it's Vantage Mobility international okay and they're where they're in phoenix arizona okay great well you folks out there that what made me think what made me think about this earl was i watched a video of them doing our van and they go inside and completely cut out the bottom of floor of the van they're inside the van standing on the concrete wow they completely do the whole floor wow and so i was talking to the wife and I said, well, what's going to happen with the battery situation? And I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Well, you sure hit on the big problem. I, 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 I hate to think that the manufacturers could have overlooked this issue. And uh, as I say, I Googled it. Usually you can find just about anything on Google. And uh, it's, scary, it's scary to think that no one has thought about this because there's a, you know, uh, you, a van is something uh, that a handicapped person needs. And pretty soon, I say pretty soon, maybe not real soon, but in 20 years, you're not going to be able to buy a regular van, probably. They'll all be EV. Yeah. So, great question, and I really appreciate the call. And thanks for being such loyal listeners. You and your wife, we appreciate that. Yeah, Don, thanks so much. And what a great call. You brought a lot of important issues to our audience. And uh, thank you for the uh, Vantage Mobility 
uh, that you mentioned. Give us a call again. Yeah. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Uh, speaking of uh, EVs, I have a question for everyone. Earl and I were talking this morning, and uh, we thought that uh, you might, uh, you know, weigh in on uh, electric vehicles. And uh, do you all electric vehicle? Do you see yourself purchasing an electric all electric vehicle in say five years? Mm -hmm. Give us a call, eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Also, uh, you can uh, you can send a, a message to YouTube for to Rick. Get in touch with uh, Stu's taking care of. Uh, all of the texts are coming in from Facebook, and uh, I think that we've reached a calm as far as the phone calls are concerned. So, who wants to go first? Okay. Well, Anne Marie wants to go first. Okay. Good we morning, Anne Marie. Hi, Anne Marie. Anne Marie says, Good morning. Decades ago, all cars came with a full size spare tire. Nowadays, few cars have any kind of spare tire. Since you are a Toyota dealer, Earl, I'll keep my questions limited to Toyotas. Um, are there any Toyotas with a full size spare? Yes, Rick, they are the trucks, correctly? Forerunners, Tacomas, Tundras. Tundras, Tacomas, Forerunners, Sequoias, Land Cruisers. And However, Highlanders. not Highlanders. Not Highlanders. Right. However, bear in mind that they're still meant as a spare. Therefore, they do not have a tire sensor in most of them, okay. which I think was a huge failure on the part of Toyota because. When they first came out with tire pressure sensors in the wheels, they had one in the spare. Yeah. And was fantastic because so many people never checked the spare tire. Right. So the light would come on and you could check, oh, if yeah. the other four are good, then check As the spare. As opposed to finding out on a trip uh, later on down the road. Exactly. <laughs> when you have a flat tire. Yeah, that was a mistake for sure. I guess it's a cost uh, savings measure, I assume. Yeah. Okay. They saved them uh, about, oh, $30 per car. Well, they sell millions of cars. So um, I don't agree with it, but that's probably why. Okay, uh, second question from Amory. How many models come with the donut spare? I don't even know because um, I know it's a mixture of, of patch not, kits. and Yeah, not quite all of them anymore now. A bunch mm -hmm. of them have no spare at all. It's uh, just the, the Prius patch. Prime, uh, plug-in Prius, a uh, couple others. I'm trying to think. I don't. In, in right. the day, Rick, in the day, that donut would take you how far? I never used it uh, to For go the most very parts, far, maybe to a gas station. And donut, donut spares are rated that at a minimum, they will do up to about 50 to 60 miles at 50 to 60 miles per hour. This is stated right on the tire, so that is their minimum that they are safe to do. You can get away with a little longer if you need to. But will if I, you do have will, to use it for that amount, it should then be considered Will I go replaced. 100 miles if you go 100 miles an hour? Probably not. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, my theory is that the donut is there for a reason. It's temporary. Yeah, it's and an emergency. I, I just, get you down to the road to the next gas station. And that's what I always did. It just doesn't look yep. like a very safe. Mm -hmm. Donut. I got some really good donuts. Got to go Jupiter to donuts. Jupiter Donuts. Jupiter Donuts are outstanding. They're plug in But Amory has several more questions here. So. Of course. Um, you go, girl. <laughs> yep. So, how many of uh, how many models just don't have any spare tire at all, or, tire at all, or just have the uh, the fix a flat? And that's a bunch of them. Um, mm -hmm. Can you guess how many? I guess the number doesn't uh, matter. It's just several that, models. Yeah, a bunch do. Um, all right, number four. Uh, any, before you do that, let yeah. me just say one thing. Yeah. 
if your car is equipped with that fix a flat stuff and you have a different option to call a tow truck first yes. or put some air in that tire to get somewhere safe to take care of it do that first because using that fix a flat you're done with not that, only right? destroys the tire but it also destroys the tire pressure sensor mm -hmm. and you're going to have to pay for those good advice good point rick all right more uh are there any Toyotas that have run flat tires? I know Sienna's uh, offered some of those, right? How many is it only on the Sienna with the run flat? Not anymore. Now they've all the run flats have gone away because Not no more. people discovered, oh yeah, you can actually still drive it, but no matter what, even if you just you didn't drive when you found the nail in the tire, you have to replace the tire. You cannot repair a run flat tire. And they're double the price in most cases. Well there you go. Number five. <laughs> What's the best thing to do if you have a flat tire? And I'm listening to you, Rick. If you have a flat tire, what do you do? Don't put the goo in the tire. Don't, no. don't, don't, do the, uh. don't squirt that stuff in your tire. Uh, number one thing, which I'm going to guess 50 to 60% of people have some sort of a roadside service available. Exactly. Whether it's through a new car purchase, which you might have it. Yeah. Double check on that information. Uh, through your insurance company. A lot of them have roadside assistance through your insurance. If you happen to be on I-95 or the Turnpike, call Road Rangers. They will come, add air to get you down the road, or if it's definitely you ha must change it, they'll change the tire for you for free. Road Rangers. Road Rangers. I've never heard of them. They, uh, they're sponsored by State Farm, and they run the Turnpike all the time. Star FHP, and just tell them you're in need of Road Ranger assistance and where you are. They will come and change tire and get you back on the road. It's a free service. All right, well, that's great advice, Rick. You uh, know, I've seen them on the turn. Here's a little Google statistic. 60% of Americans can't change their spare tire. So like, we're, we're incapable of or they don't have a they, spare they, tire? They don't know how to. Oh, okay. So 40%, we're, we're speaking to 40% of the American public here. Big chunk. Most people, the majority of people, don't know how to change a spare tire. Well, that's a shame. So you call, I wonder, the, I wonder you how call many, the auto club. I wonder how many came of age driving cars that didn't have spare tires. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was not even Good an point. opportunity to learn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that's how I learned. Yeah. And I won't even go into the fact that my wife, well, yeah, I will. My wife was one of four sisters. Their father, before they were allowed to have a driver's license, had made them go out in the driveway and change a tire on his car, and then change it back. In my my father's family, you had to know how to shoe a horse before they would let you ride a horse. <laughs> Smart un maneuver. Unfortunately, Rick's father-in-law um, was injured in a severe accident when his wheels fell off. Hey, okay. uh, where I lived, I had to learn how to milk a cow. So uh, there you go. Let's I mean, move, you know, you've right got along. to learn. Okay. Right well, let's go, to, go jump, jump over to Rick. He probably has some comments on our YouTube channel. Well, actually, I do have one interesting one here. Um, let's see, from Don Brown, uh, referring back to the, an earlier concern about the used car prices. He says, FYI, I priced a 2013 Chevy Malibu with 15,177 miles with online buyers. His own car, looking to see what quotes he would get. He says he got quotes from $8,639 from Carvana to... Fourteen thousand seven hundred eighty-seven from CarMax. Very interesting. Six thousand dollars spread. Here's why that's particularly interesting. Stu will remember this. Uh, at our last meeting, uh, we asked our wholesale expert. His name is Ted Kabush. 
uh, if I have if, if someone's got a used car and they want to get bids on it, where should they go? He mm -hmm. says CarMax right. number one, and he says maybe if you want a second, it'd be WeBuyAnyCar.com, but Carvana. Uh, is in trouble and uh, they're losing money. They, Carvana lost over a billion dollars. That's called in finding last, out in the last quarter. So, you congratulations to all you folks out there who milked Carvana. Right. You put them under. Your car, you put them down. They just overloaded it, and now they can't buy any more cars. So, uh, but uh, that's very interesting. That's called messing around and then finding out. That's right. <laughs> right. They messed around and they found out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump over. We have some, uh, we have more. I'll, I'll stick with the anonymous feedback. One just came in when we were talking. I'm sorry if I skipped over an older one. Uh, some industries have worked hard to maintain product and service delivery during the COVID era and tough economic times. The automobile industry has not. How about putting an excess profits tax on the auto manufacturers and dealers? I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Come on, Earl. <laughs> uh, you know, I, well, you know, I'll be serious for a minute. I don't think... I don't like government uh, taking money from direct me. interference. <laughs> well, direct, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a car dealer, and yeah. we're making a ton of money. I mean, this will be the best profit year we've ever had. So yeah, I like to make money, and I and we are making a lot of money. But we're trying. We like to think we're doing it ethically, I can, honestly, I, I can and morally chime in correct. On that. Yeah. There's been a lot of efforts, you know, um, from various f factions, you know, to impose like excess profits tax, and and some of it sounds appealing and, and simple and might solve problems. We don't know. Uh, right now, the excess there's not going to be like a period in time where the excess profits are going to officially stop. A law. I mean, I'm just I'm taking your your suggestion seriously. A law, and then next yeah. week inventory fix up, and then there's a profit. Yeah, and excess profit. It doesn't but make there, sense. But <laughs> government action in and of itself isn't the problem. It's the government doesn't think these things through. Now, if you want to get prices down for the consumer, then just tell the government to enforce the laws they've already put on the books. Exactly. We talk about this on the show every week. We have laws on the books. You heard Victoria, if you were listening earlier, called in because she was taken advantage of by Southern 441 Nissan. Well, and she said, you know, there's laws on the books in Florida that said what they did to me was illegal. And if they would just, and the regulators need to enforce the laws, and the lawmakers need to look to see that the laws they make are enforced. So there's got to be, you can't make a bunch of laws and just forget about it. And uh, taxing profits, that's ridiculous. I think that's a bad idea. All right, more anonymous feedback. Any idea how many people that buy a new car actually need a new car? And what would happen to prices if they all decided to not buy a car for a year or two years? I can answer that. Greed may be good, but karma sometimes comes for a visit. Everybody that buys a new car doesn't need it, period. You don't need a new car. If you need transportation, and it has to be a car, a good used car is a far better value. People buy new cars because it makes them feel good, it's an emotional thing, uh, our mystery shopping report at the latter half hour of the show will will drive home the message that I'm saying here that emotion dictates need motion whatever you want to call it dictates why people buy new cars and uh, you can be taken advantage of if you let your emotions and your perceived needs over overtake your your logic but used car is always a better value now. Let me correct myself. 
there are times, and during this COVID crisis, there are times when a used car was a worse value than a new car. If you could, you could, we actually see used cars selling for higher prices than new cars. So that's the exception to the rule. But in general, you know, when we're back to normal times, the used car is a far better buy. Yeah, especially if you go back a few years. Like if you get a used 21 2021 model, you're yeah. probably going to be paying over a new car in the MSRP. Yeah. You go back to a 17 or 18, uh, prices are much more closer to earth. Yeah. Um, got a text here, unless we have a call. Yeah, we, yes, we do. Um, we're going to talk to uh, Marty, but I have to remind our listeners, uh, don't forget, I, I haven't mentioned this for a while, but uh, you can really get involved uh, by uh, going to FloridaLawProtectingCarBuyers.com. That's Florida Law Protecting carbuyers.com go there they can be a huge help to you we're going to go to marty who's calling us from west palm beach good morning good morning marty hi i got a couple uh tire stories for you oh boy a fantastic friend of, a, a friend of mine in uh rochester new york bought a car that didn't come with a spare and he made the dealer put in a donut, I guess, I don't know if there was a space for it or not, but he put, the, he made the dealer to make the deal, buy a donut, and put it in the trunk. Because he felt when he's going anywhere, if he needs a spare, uh, you got a problem <coughs> if, the, if the blowout or something on your tire is such that the fix-a-flat yeah. can't fix it, and you need somebody to change the tire for you, yeah. you actually need a tire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Just, you know. So that's number one. Number, number two. The people now. I was with my daughter, and she was driving her Tesla. The Tesla needed a had a flat. We called the Tesla roadside service, and they said, "Well, they can't fix it. I mean, they have to tow the car." Yeah, probably flatbed so, it. Yeah. So. Then we called AAA. AAA said the same thing. They can't do anything if you don't have a spare. So I don't know how much a, a spare donut does really cost, but I'm sure they're better off. I know, I know they're trying to save weight, but probably they're just trying to save money. Exactly right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I didn't, here I am, a Tesla driver. I never thought about that. Uh, because you do rely on Tesla. If you have a flat, you, there's nothing, not much else you can do. It's got flatbed the car. So uh, interesting question. I don't know. Um, a lot of Teslas. I mean, I have a one of the larger ones. It's the S model uh, plaid. But the smaller models, you might have a hard time finding where you would put anything except a. I don't know. Do they make a donut? I guess they do. Tesla has special tires. At least mine does. They all do. Yeah. They, they all do. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's a great question, Marty. I don't know. Uh, um, if I if I get a flat tire, I'm just going to call <coughs> call Tesla and keep my fingers crossed because I, I wouldn't know what else to do. Now let me ask you a question though: In your dealership, if you have a car that doesn't have a spare, would you make a deal with somebody that said, "I'll buy the car, but I need a spare"? Would you yeah, I, th I, I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, uh, the, uh, car dealerships have tires laying all over the place. They probably even have uh, donuts and, and things like that. They have used tires. You know, we take, uh, uh, you know, uh, for an emergency purpose, so you don't get stuck in the middle of a snowstorm in nowhere, uh, I, I, 
I wouldn't mind having a used full-size spare, you know, as long as it has some tread left. All you want to do is something will get you to the tire store so you can get a, the right tire. So, uh, yeah, I, I think most car dealerships would find something if it was a question of making the deal. And I, I think from a moral standpoint, ethical, I'd feel bad about selling a guy uh, or a woman a car without a spare tire, especially when they ask for it. I mean, how'd you feel if something bad happened and they got stuck somewhere in the middle of the night without a spare tire? Yeah. Now, do you, would you tell somebody when they come in, this car doesn't have a spare, or you're going to leave it up to the buyer? I would tell them. Uh, I hope my salesman would. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we don't have perfect salespeople. Nobody does. And uh, there's a lot of things about cars you should cover. And there are a lot of things you do cover, but people don't remember it. We talked earlier on the show about car buying being such an emotional experience. Part of the big problems that I see as a car dealer, and uh, I'm finishing my second book now, maybe my third book will be <laughs> how to communicate better with customers when they take delivery of their car. Because almost without exception, I think Stu would agree with me, when we deliver a car, we left. We leave questions unanswered, and, and we don't say things and, and tell people. Cars are so complicated today. There are a lot of things that don't get through, and we do tell them. We don't tell them, emphasize it enough so that they don't remember. Right. And also, th <clears throat> products change all the time, and yeah. it's, it's, all, it's always like Rick is undergoing constant education, yeah. to a lesser extent, um, and a much easier extent salespeople do also yeah. um i remember here's a quick story when i was selling cars when i was on the on the floor selling cars and it was the year that to that on the camry they went from a full-size spare to a donut spare and i was doing my presentation my expert presentation in the showroom and i was showing the car and as i'm lifting the trunk i go and it has a full-size and I lift up the thing, and there's a donut there, and it was very embarrassing. And I didn't get the message. And, full and size. it has a full size donut. Yeah, and if I, you know, listen, if I hadn't opened the trunk, I would have said yeah, it's got a full size spare, and they would have left. You know, but I opened it up, and I, I learned it. But yeah, it's uh, things change, and Where are salespeople they are not perfect. Yeah, changing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you answered some of my questions. But good I questions, Marty. Very spare. good questions. Thank you. I, I think you need a spare tire or a spare I, donut. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree, Marty. It's nice hearing from you. It's always okay. nice hearing from you. You're uh, definitely. Have a good weekend. Oh, you thank you. You too. All You're right. a great part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a call at 877 960 9960, or you can text us at 772 497 6530. Again, ladies, don't forget $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call and say hello. Rick? Just a quick thought for anyone that might feel a little more comfortable about this i have a little device sitting in the in my truck behind the seat weighs about seven pounds plugs into the power outlet and it's a little air compressor and it would take it about seven or eight minutes to fill up even a donut spare but it will put air in a tire and pump that tire up all the way and there's been a few times that i've stopped alongside the road to help someone to had a flat tire and they wanted to change the tire and they pulled their spare out and it went plunk because it was flat as could be and I was able to pull that thing out and fill up their spare and help them get back on the road just for a simple little 30 or $40 air compressor that doesn't hardly weighs anything takes up very little room and yet 
You're it dri- can save you're your neck. You're driving around saving people on the what, side. What a great are you, story. Who are you, Tom Cruise? Uh, no, I, no, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I actually have done that several times. <laughs> I, I, I will stop and help people. That's I'm another like, show. I'm yeah. just a nice guy. Rick, yeah. what a great story that is. Truly, it is a great story. As far as what you're using, I have one in the garage, and Earl and I have had it for only a couple of years. But, boy, I'll tell you what. Oh, what a great thing to have in your trunk. Simple air compressor available on Amazon. There you go. And also it blows up the float for the pool. It does. Absolutely. And and your basketball. Okay. We are going to go to Frank, who's calling us from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Well, good morning to you guys. Um, Well, I have a litany of stuff to say. A lot of it came out, but I'll go to the tires eventually. But I decided to do a little mystery shopping last week of your dealership. Oh, boy. I know. Actually, it was, uh, I was getting an oil change. And um, we saw Randy, but it was for my Mercedes-Benz, which I know you don't get Mercedes-Benz in there very often. Mm-hmm. And as long as you had the VIN number, they could get the right filter. And yeah. Everything went very well. Um, um, we've been in there before with Anne-Marie with her Lexus um, over the years, and but she doesn't have that anymore. Anyway, but it was fun. We got to sit down in your coffee area, and there was a, a few bagels still left at 1.30 in the afternoon mm. and some interesting brews of coffee and Everyone's very nice in there, very polite. Uh, Randy, especially. We got to see Matt over because um, Anne Marie said, Well, let's go look at new cars. She's thinking about maybe possibly getting a, oh, what is it, one of your, um, can't think of it right now. Anyway, as it was, there was not a car on the showroom floor except for your old Pontiac. <laughs> it's not for sale. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so that was a, an eye opener. But all the, the staff we met was very cordial, very nice. Um, we also brought them some thank you gifts. I don't know if you heard about that on Monday morning. But the entire backseat of the Mercedes-Benz was filled with donuts, bagels, pastries, uh-huh. about 100 pounds between the, the salespeople and the They didn't tell me about staff. that. Uh, I was I just getting back from vacation. Left. i got to ask, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, Josh, I think, was going to well, Why didn't, why didn't we have any cars on the showroom floor? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any cars to sell. Well, I mean, there was used not cars. a car on your showroom floor. I guess we could put a used car down there. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we're one of the few dealers. The reason I ask the question is we're one of the few dealers that from um, many years ago, we started putting used cars on the showroom floor because people, uh, when they come to a new car dealership, they know that well, they back during normal days, I, they I knew you had new cars. Yeah. I'm being serious. They're, yeah. they're, they, they're not, there's not a new car, a used car in the showroom floor because it's sold. You know, they keep selling. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was the joke that you had. Yeah, I know. That's right. Um, no, it, it, was, it was interesting. But yeah. I guess the word is on the street, too, that come by your dealership around two because all magically, all of a sudden, all the bagels went out people's pockets. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was an interesting concept. But um, back to um, the, the tire thing. Um, on the Mercedes I have, it's a 2012 E350. But it's a sport model. And consequently, I didn't know it was a sport model meant anything other than it just looked nice. Um, the tires are staggered. There's 245 18s in the front and 265 35s in the rear. And it, it appears that the rear tires, once again, are worn out after only 10,000 miles. The inside tread is basically down to the cord. So I guess this is for Rick. That would most likely be a camber problem. They didn't... Um, Adjust the tires correctly when they balance, um, did the alignment. 
Yeah, inside edge wear is going to be an, <clears throat> an alignment issue. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, the camber, uh, if you were to imagine looking straight down on top of the car, say you were floating above the car, the tires can be tilted either in at the top or out at the top. And if they're tilted in too far at the top, that creates a inside edge wear for camber and tilted too far out of course would cause outside edge wear and the reason that they adjust camber a little bit is usually the front tires would be adjusted a little over in order to help compensate for road crown but if it's too much then that could cause wear yeah they're, these are continentals they're about you know 250 dollars to 300 dollars each um and I got 10,000 miles out of the rear ones this time, and I've gotten 12 or 15 before. Obviously, someone's not, not setting it correctly. We're going to get tires and bring it into your shop because um, Randy said you actually got some European guy back there who can do European cars. Yeah, Frank, thank you very much. we got a whole bunch of calls backed up here, and uh, okay. we'd like to get to at least a few of them before we get to the mystery shopping report. But thanks very much for uh, spreading the word about the bagels. We appreciate that. You know, uh, Frank, we love you, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Stay in touch. Don't be a stranger. Have a wonderful I mean, well, weekend. Did you see the pictures I sent you from the dealership in Stewart with the peanuts? Uh, today? Yes. Uh, just, yes. just got them now. Just got them now. Okay. That was your mystery shopping people up there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great sense of humor. Thank you. Okay. We're going to go to our next caller. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Dick. Hello? Is it? Oh, good morning. Okay. Good morning. Welcome. Okay. Um, I'm calling to comment on the uh, Tesla's uh, flat tire okay. discussion. Uh, I had the experience with my uh, Tesla. I have a Model S, and I've talked to you before about it, and uh, I'm really enjoying the car. But a while back, I had a flat tire on my Tesla, and I called Tesla the road service. Uh-huh. Well, they came out They came out very quickly, and what they do, they bring out a, a wheel and a tire all mounted. It's painted red, so you can't miss it. Oh. And they take your tire back to the shop and fix it and um, come back and replace it. Well, that's great. Do they charge you uh, for the call or just they the tire? Me. They didn't charge me anything. Wow. Fantastic. Goodwill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was then they, you know, Tesla has their own little service trucks to go. Yeah. I've had them come to my house for minor stuff, a uh, uh, mirror problem or whatever. But anyway, um, it, wor- it worked out very well. And um, I don't know what you do on a trip because they take your, your tire and either put a new tire on there. Uh, well, I did. Well, that puts that puts my mind at rest. Being a Tesla driver, I, I wondered about that. So they, they got to you real quick, changed the tire, and that's that's good news. Yeah, the road service did it. The Tesla road service. And the other thing I wanted to comment is a company called Evanex, and they're located in Florida. And they sell a lot of Tesla accessories. They sell a spare tire in a in a bag, so it stays you know easy to handle. Oh. They sell a whole kit for tire service. What's the name of that again? Evanex, E-V-A-N-E-X-X. E-V-A-N-E-X-X. Yeah, it's on, uh, you can get them on, you can Google them on the internet, you know, they have a line of uh, Tesla accessories. Well, fantastic. I didn't even know about that. Well, being a Tesla owner, I I made a note of that and I'll be checking them out. Yeah, we can use all the information we can get a hold of, Dick. Yeah, it's very, uh, very quality uh, equipment, too. Yeah. Several things from them. I'm having a great time driving that car. 
Oh, yeah. I still have trouble with mine. I've had a couple of problems with mine recently, but Tesla stepped up to it. My big battery went out. Oh, boy. Is that right? What year do you have? Uh, 18, uh-huh. 35,000 miles. Uh, they replaced it. Gave me a loaner, and they kept it a week and a half or so, put a new battery in. And no charge? No charge. Wow. Elon Musk, you're the best. I'm telling you. <laughs> they, they up. Their biggest problem is service is communication. It's, it's adults trying to talk to them. I agree. But, <laughs> yes, I agree. But Definitely. If, you use the, if you use the messages, they usually get back to you. But once they get all of your car, they my experience is uh, it, it did a fine job. Better than most uh, car dealers. Yes. Uh, thank you and so I'm much. An old 85 year old, I'm an 85-year-old dude. I've run through a lot of cars. Oh, wow. I bet you have. Has. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have lunch together and bore each other to death. Yeah, we'll, do that. <laughs> we'll have an '80s party, Dick. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a, a cyber truck on order, and also have a, a car called Aptera, a little two seater job. Wow. Electric, well, you thousand are... miles, charged with a solar. Oh, oh, oh. talk about that sometime. Look, Google that one up. A P T E R A. It's uh, and it's on YouTube also. Oh. I'll check it out. I got even Diesel even next. Car. It's about to go into production uh, uh-huh. next year. Very good. We'll check that out. I know you're busy. I'll get off the line and uh, great talking with you. Great. Thanks very much. Tune Doug. in for that mystery call. shopping report. It's a doozy. Right. Okay, we're going to go to Danny. Uh, ladies, uh, before we go to Danny, $50 for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call. 877-960-9960. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. It's nice to hear from you. It's always glad to call into you guys. So, going back to the donut tire or the save spare, I actually found this out the hard way. I had a flat in my BMW on I-95, and when I put the little donut tire on and I tried to go again, my traction control started going crazy. I could not get over about 40 miles an hour. It just wouldn't allow me to do it. I actually had to pull back over, get the owner's manual out, and figure out how to turn the traction control off. Wow. Yeah, some models, the the computer systems are so sensitive that even having just a slight difference in tread depth would cause that issue. Uh, Matter of fact, some cars used to have their uh, tire pressure system. Instead of actually reading the pressure with a sensor, it would use ABS wheel speed sensors. And if it determined that one wheel was traveling at a different speed than the others, that would trigger that light. And we had a customer came in that they had one tire that the tread, three tires were relatively worn down. They'd put one new tire on it with fresh brand new tread, nice and thick. And it actually triggered the light to come on because that tire was a taller tire. Wow, amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, learn something I'll yeah, that, that should be a concern for people that are just wanting to buy a save fare and throw it in their trunk. Exactly. realize that it, it might not work, because on some of these vehicles, you cannot turn the traction control off. Right. Yeah, I, I tell you what, this is, I'm learning more on this show than the callers. I mean, I have, I get a I get a complete education every Saturday on this stuff. I because uh, I, I recommended you put an old tire in your in your trunk. Well, if you got a new car and you got an old tire in there, you're going to have a problem. So it may not work. May not work. Yeah. Great information, Danny. All right, you guys have a great weekend. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank for you the call. so much. 
Okay, we are a little taking a hiatus here and we're going to back to Stu or Rick. All right, well, I, I was looking at the pictures that Frank sent um, of the uh, the cafe and the, and the M&Ms and the peanuts. Pretty impressive. I want I, I want this. It's, it's like at Whole Foods or at, at Publix where they have the uh, self-serve, like the grains and the seeds and all that. You just lift the thing up and it pours into your hands. So. They have the whole Yummy. container? Uh, it's like a In big a li- class tube yeah, full of yeah, M&Ms the whole and you just open them up you pull a little lever there it's pretty cool interesting well, I says something about the demographics of their customers and our customers we have bagels they have m&ms <laughs> right they're very different well, we should have both <laughs> right. we have a, a text from a, a longtime uh, texter and caller uh, steve from new jersey um he says our friend's husband um and she's uh she's a senior um senior lady um lost her husband recently and he's got a car with a 30 month lease with 20 months remaining can the lease car be returned and the lease ended? His wife doesn't drive a car and they have no children who might use it. Um, that's a situation that we run into, um, you know, too often down here. Um, um, and uh, at least with our main lender, Southeast Toyota Finance, if a, uh, someone is leasing a car and they pass away, um, they're not going to go after them. Um, the, the surviving spouse can return the car. Technically, the lease doesn't end um, and the... Um, uh, the lease would be in default, but they don't go after the surviving spouse. Now that is going to depend um, bank to bank, but I imagine it's a kind of a humane sort of thing. Um, I would advise them just to check with their lender, let them know what happened, and ask them um, to give you the advice um, because they they can be humane and, and kind in these situations. There is a, a company; it's a, it's a long shot, but it's called Swap a Lease. S W A P A L E A S E. Swap a Lease. Uh, I have an app on my phone with swap a lease because people have asked this question before and what they do is they will for a fee of course uh, they will try to find someone a buyer and a seller or a lessee and a lessor that would like to take over the lease payments mm-hmm. and it's uh, but as Stu said uh, one of the, when I when I'm speaking to groups or speaking on the radio and people ask me about leasing I always say the one thing you need to know about a lease when you sign a 36 month lease you are legally obligated to make 36 payments. I mean, you can be, you can have an incapacity, you could die, uh, you can, anything right. can happen. You owe 36 right. payments on that lease. According to the letter of the law, the estate would be responsible for making good on the remaining payments, yeah. but um, it has never happened um, in my 25 years um, of doing this. Yeah, car dealers will, uh, some salespeople will have you believe it's like renting a car. You know, they say, why buy it when you can rent it? Well, you're not renting it. You're you're leasing it, and leasing means a 36-month lease is 36 payments. Come hell or high water, you got to make them, or the estate is due if you pass away. That's right. Um, we have another texter here uh, chiming in on the cleaning brake dust off your wheels. He says, for cleaning the brake dust off your wheels, when it's really bad, you can use PVC cleaner. I know everybody is afraid to do that because uh, they're afraid it's going to take the paint off. But I've done it many times on many cars, and it's never. Uh, touch the paint so do what you please <laughs> i would have to see that one before i did it myself I, okay what is P- pvc like for like patio furniture or like uh no i'm guessing pvc polyvinyl means chloride. the uh cleaner you're using for plastic pvc pipe mm-hmm. that cleans, cleans it up the before goo. you put the glue on there oh, okay yeah i don't know all right uh we have another uh question from bob in naples uh 
says, I love the show. Thinking of ordering a 2013 uh, Corolla with a new, I mean, 2023 Corolla <laughs> with the, he wrote 2013, I didn't, with a new larger 2.0 uh, liter engine and the safety sense 3.0 feature. <coughs> Question, what is it like driving with all these safety features running in the background? Uh, well, I don't, you don't, you're not aware of it. The, the, all the passive safety features are going on. I mean, part of safety sense, um, I believe is the, um, is the lane keep assist and all that. Yep. So you'll, it beeps loudly if you cross into a lane um, without putting your blinker on. And some people hate that. Some people love that. It can be rather annoying. That, yeah, I do it because I don't ever drift into other lanes like other people in my family. Um, I however, don't, I don't, my car doesn't beep. <laughs> however, if your car has what's known as lane keep assist. Right, that's where it actually pulls you back. Lane right. trace assist. Lane trace. Yeah, lane trace assist. That keeps your car centered in the lane. Right. And all you really have to do is just keep your hand on the wheel right. to give it a little guidance now and then. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. There's there two. I don't know if the lane trace is part of Safety Sense 3.0. Let me explain. There's, there's different. There's, there's lane departure alert, mm-hmm. which beeps when you change the lane. There's lane keep assist that if you go to part lane, it kind of nudges you back on the steering wheel, turns a little bit. Yep. Then there's lane trace, which is almost autonomous driving, which basically drives and turns the car with it. So, right. Um, but to answer your question, Bob, these things are happening in the background, and unless something happens, you don't, uh, like swaying out of, swerving out of a lane, you don't know what's going on. Um, his next question is, how good is the parking assist feature? I hate parallel parking myself, thanks in advance. I hate parallel parking too. I rarely use it. Once in a while, I would use it. I did it on the Tesla. I don't know if you've done your automatic parking. I haven't, too, because I just don't want to. I mean, I don't need to. I, I started to do it um, when I was getting criticized by my brother at my terrible reverse parking skills. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm going to use the computer to help me. But um, it's a nifty feature. I don't know very many people who use it. It takes too long. Yeah, it yeah. does. Oh, yeah, I can park. I can pull in a spot in, in about a half a second. This thing takes a minute. Just It's, to, it's yeah. very slow. And you are you have to control the uh, pedals while you're doing it. Right. So, I lost that technique, so to speak, I, a little. Uh, leaving Pittsburgh, uh, parallel parking was just uh, you know like having breakfast. I mean, you just did it several times a day. I've one, got one finger on the steering mm-hmm. wheel. I've got one here. So, uh, mm-hmm. Rico West is asking, what is the cutoff date to order a new Highlander with the V6 engine? So we, they're we going to. We don't know. See, I, was, I had a sigh. Highlander is getting rid of the V6, and it's going to be all uh, four-cylinder soon. And so there will become a point where you're not going to be able to get one. I can't give you an answer to that. Um, the best thing I say is put an order um, in for it, and um, and we'll keep it, um, communicating be, with you. Just be sure you get you can get your money back. That yeah. uh, you, know, you don't want to be locked in on an ordered car. Yeah. Uh, when Nancy and I spoke at the Rotary Club in Wellington the other day. Uh, a lot of people ask that question. Uh, you know, when I order my car, when will they build it? And it's a very complicated issue. Uh, they don't build the car that you order anymore. Uh, they build cars. Right. And then when they build one like the one you ordered or the one you ordered, then you're uh, then you'll be notified. That's but best, that could be that's the best description I've heard when people ask. When they, they're you're you're not ordering. They're not building a car to order. They're building cars, right? And and you and we just trying to find the best match. That's this what ain't Burger King. It's not. You Burger don't have King. it your the way. Car, the car. I mean, oh, this. The, I don't want to discourage a lot of people, but the car that you order, the specific car you order, depending on how specific you want to get, may never be built because 
uh, by the end of the model year, if they didn't build it, then you'll just have to order another. I like model. the example Rick uh, brought up from his question <clears throat> with the V6 Highlander. Like at some point, they're going to stop making this, and yeah. then at some point, someone's going to lose that order on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, um, a different Bob, texted us also. Um, we were talking about the dust in the rooms. He has a sol- an idea that I like better simple green. He goes, it works on rims, it's non-corrosive, and it's also biodegradable. Nancy's favorite cleaning fluid. And it smells yep. good, too. <laughs> yep. Semi-tractor tr- trailers drop off our simple green at the house. <laughs> We're all cut up right now. I got one other uh, quick comment just from R. LeMans1. He says, no, I have no desire to go electric. Expensive to purchase is the reason. As for Tesla, it is ugly to look at. <laughs> Well, beauty is an eye of the beholder. Well, yep. you know, you know, I, I, I respect that. I mean, you know, I, there's a lot of reasons not to buy electric today. They're too damn expensive. I mean, uh, you, you really got to want that electric car badly today, but the prices are going to come down. Exactly. Hey, uh, the, the fact is, if you don't want to buy an electric car today, you will buy one tomorrow because sooner or later you're not going to have a choice. So. Uh, it, it's coming. I, I was looking at the Wall Street Journal, Nancy and I were looking at an article about the Genesis, and they have two models out now of the Genesis. I can't remember the exact model Genesis, but uh, the EV version is seventy-five thousand. Uh, the gas version is uh, is uh, fifty-five thousand. So yeah, here's a picture of it. It's the uh, GAVS, and uh, so do you want to pay twenty thousand dollars more for the EV? Why do they have a grill on it? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, the point is, uh, I w- you know, practically speaking, why would you want to pay $20,000 more? People buy Teslas and they pay more money uh, for electric vehicles today because they're fun to drive and they want to do it. You don't have to do it, yeah. but sooner or later you're going to have to do it. I'll tell you, I'd like to see some things change with uh, the plaid uh, that we drive. And uh, most people that drive the plaid want to reach autonomy. And by doing so, you have to abide by the rules that Elon put out there. And you, it's a different type of driving. It's a very, You have to be very careful because you're penalized. Um, if you do a, you know, if you have a heartbreak, um, anything at all. But I'd like to see him change the rules a bit. I'd like to see him reinforce some rules because uh, it you you get a little lazy, uh, is what I'm saying. So um, at any rate, uh, back to Stu. All right, we have had a, some anonymous feedback. Somebody was listening earlier. It says the issue wasn't clarified with the Terry Taylor dealership. What was the problem that happened with Victoria at Southern 441 Nissan? Uh, she was uh, lied to um, with uh, uh, the pricing and the trade-in, and, and uh, uh, she uh, took delivery of the car and realized that uh, the promises they had made, verbal promises were totally distorted and wrong and she overpaid a lot of money and she went back right away and they said you took delivery of the car and that's the end of the conversation matter of fact we have a mystery shopping report come up and and on that particular mystery shopping report right on the vehicle buyer's order it says when you take delivery of this car don't bring it back i'm i'm kind of a taking a little literary license here but it said once you buy the car drive it home that's the end of the conversation you own the car and that's the way most car dealers are so uh 
Uh, you can you can mislead a customer, get them in the car, get them to take it home, and they have a ironclad contract that you can't break. And that's the way it is. All right. Uh, we have more anonymous feedback. Uh, says I'm located in Pennsylvania and would like to see you visit a Pennsylvania uh, dealer. And we're well, done. We, we have. So we have. Oh, and it's a Toyota dealer. Okay. We have mystery shopped uh, Jim Shorkey Chrysler in North Huntington, Pennsylvania. We have been Riverview Chevrolet in Irwin, Pennsylvania, Greensford, Pennsylvania. So we've been all over there, but we uh, but we haven't been to a Toyota dealer up there. So yeah. we'll we'll do that. And in general, I believe the shops were much nicer yeah. and and fair, and uh, the dealers, the yeah. dealer fees, much better in Pennsylvania. You're yeah. very lucky yeah. to be living there, and it's lovely. I just was in Philadelphia last week. You week. can buy a nice. you can buy a Toyota at any at any Toyota dealer in Pennsylvania, and get a better deal than you are to get in South Florida. So agreed. Um, we have another anonymous feedback. Um, it says, on your mystery shop, Riverview Chevrolet in Irwin, Pennsylvania, the actual price of the vehicle is $468 over MSRP. The dock fee and the additional fee are part of the price. The 1250 rebate does not come from the dealer. It comes from the manufacturer, and it is a $1250 um, regardless of the ne- negotiated price. Um, I pulled up the shop, and I'm sorry, I, I was correct in the reporting. It, it, it was below. You're correct, correct that the rebate does come from the manufacturer but the price the real price paid by the by the shopper by agent lightning was um included that rebate so it was correct it was below below msrp i wonder if that's a dealer and the anonymous feedback we'll never know i don't know but it doesn't really doesn't make sense i mean yes the money came from the manufacturer but you still paid the price was below msrp so it, it yeah. might be confusing, and if you wanted to call, and I could walk you through it, but um, I was right, and you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, you, you've got our text number, and you can text us again, 772, uh, be a direct text, seven seven two four. Then I can get back to you, yeah. yeah. And I can send you the buyer's order and yeah. show you and all that. Um, <clears throat> last anonymous feedback says, good morning. Uh, what do you all think about the Toyota Crown? We all love it. We all saw love pictures it. of it. Uh, do you think Toyota fans will like it as, as much uh, since it's replacing the Avalon? Um, mm. I think so. I don't. I, I, I don't know. I think if it's comparable in size and comfort, um, you know, Avalon is not a high volume selling car for Toyota, but it's very very popular, especially with with older customers. Um, it's really the only big you know cushy sedan that they had, and so if, if the Crown is in a similar pri- similar price point and is just as comfy, I think it'll be it'll do good. I all love right, my we're Avalon. All, we're, all, we're done. I love that Avalon, and it is cushy, and it is big. Mm-hmm. And it's it's quite a difference when you climb out of that and get into the Tesla. You have to quickly, you know, make the transition in your mind. Oh, there's another anonymous that didn't get read. I don't know if it was last week or during the week here. And you'll like this one. Nancy always has the correct grade. Any dealer that has a market value adjustment, taxable fees, and dock fees fails. So you got a fan <laughs> out there. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's hard uh, for all of us on the show giving uh, C's and, and you know ex- respectable scores, but I keep I keep reminding everybody that our duty and purpose of this show is to help people find car dealers that they can get a fair, not the f- perfectly fair, but a fair, honest price. And if we if we sc- if we didn't grade on the curve. We would fail so many car dealerships that there'd just be no place to go. So exactly, we can't. You can't say to the listening public, "Don't buy a car ever 
for the rest of your life. I mean, right. you have to have a place to go. And so we have the recommended list and we have the do not buy list. Just definitely, definitely don't, don't buy a car on the do not buy list. And, 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 when, and dealer with an F. And when you buy one, right, when you buy one from a recommended list, go with caution, look at the grade score, take a C over a D or a B over a C. And we have a, actually have a couple A's, not very many, but that's about all we got. So we, we cut them a little slack. We're great on the curve. There are no perfect dealers, including our dealership. I mean, we screw up all the time. People call uh, the uh, radio show and tell us how we screw up. We, have one, we had one of the earlier part of the show, and they, he may be correct, he may not be, but there are no perfect dealers. So just uh, listen and go with the higher score dealers. All we can do is go with Kaizen, and it is continuous improvement. Yes. And you do it day by day. <clears throat> okay, um, I think it's time for, uh, what do you think, Stu? Are you finished? I'm all, I'm all uh, done. And Rick? have anything for us okay we're going to go to the mystery shopping report and as i say every week you uh definitely make the show and we want you to grade the mystery shop mystery shopping report is from treasure coast toyota and you can you can grade this mystery shop and uh, you can text us your grade at 772-497-6530 so take advantage of that we'd love to hear your thoughts on our mystery shop from Treasure Coast Toyota. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, and, and I'll just uh, preface this with uh, why this is such a important mystery shopping report. We've talked on the show for a long time about don't buy a car today unless you absolutely need one, new or used. Keep your used car, your current car running and uh, maintain it properly and wait until prices come down. And uh, well, we get a lot of people that are taken advantage of, and and they call the show, and and a lot of them bought a car because they absolutely had to have a car. Now this is uh, it's not funny, but it's uh, ironic. Um, a lot of you regular listeners know uh, Agent Lightning uh, by reputation. Very very, she's a female shopper, been with us for quite a while. Does a great job, extremely sharp. Uh, she got a, a on hands job education doing these mystery shopping reports. She's been into car dealerships you know, Pennsylvania, Florida, Tennessee. Where else has she been, Stu? Uh, she's been all over. Pennsylvania? Northern, week, Northern Florida. Yeah, week after week after <coughs> week. And she does reports. She listens to the reports. And if there's anybody that is educated on buying a car, it's Asia Lightning. Well, um, this is a, sh- a shopping report of Treasure Coast Toyota by Age of Lightning, and she actually bought the car. Took it home. And took it home. Drove it. Drove it home. Didn't mess around. Yeah, she's got, she owns it. She and put her mouth where her money was. She yeah, put her money where her she mouth She traded was. in her <laughs> own wow. vehicle. And then she called me up and told me. <clears throat> and, and apologized. And apologized <laughs> because she was going to buy a car from us, and she couldn't wait, and we had no cars, and she had to order a car, and it would take months and months, but she had to have a car. She's got a big family. and uh, She's got five cars in the family. Five, yeah. five cars in the family, yeah. yeah. It, that's that's a stressful situation. So anyway, here and we, we are. And we had an emotional conversation. Are. I don't think it's ever happened before that yeah. our mystery shopper actually bought the car. So we will share this with you now. Hang on to your hats, folks. Hang on to your hats. Okay. Let's do put this together. 
uh, reading Stu's report. We'll kick off this week's mystery shop with a disclaimer about why we are uncomfortable shopping Toyota dealerships. I'm a Toyota dealer, and I do not want to give the impression that I'm taking shots at my main competition. I mean, that would be too self-serving. I'm not when I shop as a Toyota dealer. I'm giving you the the facts the way they happen. Trust me when I say we all uh, we conduct all of our mystery shops without fear or favor. We don't hold back and we don't attack our subjects unfairly. We treat a Toyota dealer with the same dispassionate approach we take with a Cadillac dealer. We have several Toyota dealerships on our recommended list, including two of our closest competitors, Palm Beach Toyota and Ed Morris Del Rey Toyota. Those are two of the closest ones. Treasure Coast Toyota currently had a D. Now that's a... D minus. D minus. And that's... They're on the recommended list, but that's as low a score as you can get and be on the recommended list. Um, the other dealers are re- re- recommended high, highly. Uh, we last visited them, um, Treasure Coast Toyota, almost two years ago in the beginning of the pandemic. We dinged them a bit for extreme pressure tactics and for lying to Agent Lightning. She was actually in the store before. Yeah. I remember she bought her car when she went in on this mystery shopping report. She went in as a mystery shopper, and I she called us, Texas doing me, and said, how about Treasure Coast Toyota? We said, that's a great idea, go in there and mystery shop them. We haven't shopped them in a long time, so she did. We've avoided them long enough, and we don't have high hopes for this dealership in the current seller's market. I do have to let you know that this mystery shop is extraordinary. What you are about to hear is as real as it gets. Agent Lightning found herself in the same unfortunate situation faced by millions of Americans, immediate need for a new car. Now, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. Two things happen. When you need a car, badly, you tend to pay more and you tend to pay, uh, you you tend to, uh, your emotions take hold. Uh, And uh, I, I say that because we advise that you don't ever take a car home the day you buy it. When you go into a car dealership, even if you find the car that you want, which is highly unlikely today, but if you, if you find the car you want, you don't drive it home that day. When you drive a car home, you own it in the eyes of the dealer, whether it's ethically or morally correct. But when you, when you take a car home, even if you find out you made a big mistake, you own it. Now, Victoria, if you really listened to the show from the beginning, who had the terrible experience with Southern 441 Nissan, that was her problem. She got taken advantage of thoroughly. She was misled, deceived, and she took the car home, and they said, you own the car. And I never said that. I didn't tell you we would give you this much for the trade-in. I didn't tell you we would do that. They claimed everything she said wasn't true, but it was in the paperwork, and uh, she has to keep the car. So here we are, Agent Lighting, with the same situation. We've been advising listeners for the past, for the last year, to avoid buying a car until vehicle inventory start building. If possible, prices are too high, and the best advice is to wait. Some people, because of various circumstances, can't just can't wait. Here's a report, as if I were Agent Lighting. 
Uh, three guys were standing out front when my daughter and I arrived. One step forward asked me what he could do for me today. I asked him if he had any RAV4 hybrids in stock. He smiled and told me that he had one on the showroom floor. Then the guy turned to the other two guys and asked which one of them had been standing outside the longest. I mean, which one's really sweaty? <laughs> I mean, this is a real rule. Uh, these guys stand out there sweating in the 95 degree heat. Feels and, like 107. Uh, yeah. And Christian raised his hand and said, I've been out here longer. Uh, and then extended it uh, for, for me to shake. He led me inside, told me uh, the way they do things. Whoever's been outside the longest is up. And that's car dealer vernacular. Uh, when you walk into a dealership, you're not a human being. You're an you're up. An up. And uh, you, uh, everybody's supposed to get a fair amount of ups. Although in some car dealerships, like Treasure Coast, they have lot the lizards. one that stands outside and the heat's the longest right. one is the one. Those are called lot lizards. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is uh, old school. Once inside, Christian, the salesperson, said he believed that they may have two RAV4 hybrids in stock. He left me to look at the one in the showroom while he checked on the other one, came back uh, quickly and said that the other one is available, but it was out back getting the windows tinted. He said it had been sold, but the buyer backed out the night before. Christian told me to meet him up front. He pulled around, parked in front of the showroom. It was a new uh, 2022 RAV4 XLE hybrid with an MSRP of $38,030. There was an addendum, too, with a $3,800 markup, $3,800 markup there, uh, and, uh, and uh, $399 for tent. Uh, we hopped in for a test drive. He said, I couldn't lower the windows because they'd just been tinted. On the ride, Christian demonstrated good knowledge of the vehicle. He also explained that they, I wonder how much he was sweating and standing outside. Oh. <laughs> He explained that Treasure Coast Toyota Story was marking all new vehicles up 10% over MSRP, and all hybrid vehicles are marked up 15% over MSRP. Now, they don't advertise that, by the way. You find out when you come in. <laughs> that, would about, be, that would be a great ad. Yeah, <laughs> come right. down to Treasure Coast. Yeah, yeah. 50% Only 15% over. For, for hybrids. 15% over MSRP. Deals you won't believe. Yeah. We return to the dealership. and I, By the way, I picked the car out. Uh, me. Earl Stewart, I'm taking off my Agent Lightning ad, because uh, Agent Lightning called me, and, and when I, I actually texted her back, and I found this, uh, this hybrid, <clears throat> and I said, this is the price they say they sold, sold for. So, uh, I'm, a, I'm a co-conspirator here. Huh. Uh, we return to the dealership, I see the price breakdown. Christian left, returned in eight minutes with a workout worksheet. The top line was 43000 $734.50, $5,704 over MSRP. Okay? There was a $1,502.50 discount, which made the adjusted price $42,232. They added an $898.50 dock fee, dealer dock, I mean, and $6.50 in taxable fees. That's tire tax, I think. The real selling price was $43,137, $5,107 over MSRP. I told Christian that I needed to talk with my husband and ask uh, for some privacy. I, I wonder at what, what point in her mind she went from shopper to buyer. 
I just she had it in the making. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's probably saying, "Listen, it's going to be six yeah. months to a year before the Highlander yeah. she has an order, yeah. and she's yeah." And she's we, of course, situation. we sell our cars at MSRP, so we're up at five thousand one hundred and seven. Hey, listen, they say time is money, and maybe yeah. that six months is yeah, exactly. uh, five, equivalent to five thousand so. dollars. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm back. I'm now Agent Lightning. He handed me the keys. Suggested I FaceTime him, meaning my husband, so we could see everything. I spoke with my husband. We discussed our situation. We were in desperate need of a new vehicle, and that is true. And I could no longer afford to wait. As Stu said, time is money. She had to wait six months. This new or, car. Or longer. She was, you know, she was waiting longer. for a Highlander hybrid, yeah, yeah. so that's a long wait. The time was more costly to her than the money. We were incredibly lucky to have found the exact vehicle we needed in stock. That was, in fact, according to them, Treasure Ghost, it had been an ordered car, and the for some reason, the buyer backed out, and it was real fluke that was. So, serendipity. Serendipity. We decided to go through with the purchase, a bittersweet decision. Uh, I told Christian we were moving forward. He helped get some documents forwarded to my husband, like the credit app, and I had him send me a picture of, the, of his driver's license. I asked Christian about including my car in the deal as a trade. It was a 2013 Chevy Camaro convertible with 140,000 miles. I had my my husband send the pictures of the car, the van, and the odometer. Christian passed everything along to his manager. It took about 40 minutes, and the manager came over to say the best they could do on the Camaro. Trade-in allowance was 5000 maybe $5,200 tops. He gave me all the reasons he couldn't give me more, citing an accident and some damage. My husband and I agreed to the appraisal. I asked Christian if he could do anything more for me on the price of the big dealer fee, he said he couldn't and told me that even Treasure Coast Toyota employers had to pay the big dealer fee when they bought cars there. That's true. The dealers do charge their own employees dealer fees. Uh, so I, I countered back as asking if they could, again, hitting him on the trade-in, if they could go to $6,000 instead of 5200 on the Camaro. Christian immediately replied to me by asking if I was signed now if he could get me the $6,000, I asked if he wanted me to ask his sales manager for him. He said he'd better do it, and he left and asked him. Christian was back in a few minutes to, said, to say we had a deal. I called my husband, told him to bring the Camaro, and we were buying the car. Once my husband got the dealership, we waited only a few minutes before going into Wally. It's my dog. My right. dog is the F&I manager. <laughs> That's the name of my Bernadette. That's right. Yeah, beautiful <laughs> dog, by the way. I have that manager. Dog. We only like Wally. Everybody likes Wally. He was quick and efficient and covered all of our options for warranties without pressure. We purchased an extended warranty for $2,582. A road hazard policy for $925. Wasn't that part of the Toyo Guard? No, that's just for if you get a uh, if you get a flat tire or uh, damage okay. to your, your your rims and a prepaid maintenance plan for eight hundred nine dollars. So here, here is a lot of money. That's uh, what four or five thousand dollars. Yeah, and uh, added profit. So in addition to five thousand some odd dollars over sticker, uh, this would increase the over sticker by what another couple thousand. Well, yeah, I mean, the total amount she paid, Often. it wouldn't be car, the car, part of the price of the car. Yeah. Like when she financed it, the, the bank yeah. would look at yeah. that differently. Yeah. Than the and then our advice is you don't, my advice is you don't buy an extended warranty. You don't buy a prepaid maintenance plan. 
and you don't buy a road hazard policy for $925. So we advise against that. But, hey, um, and we also told her that she has 90 days to cancel that. And if she doesn't use any of those products, she can cancel it for 100% refund. Right. Uh, but then the other thing, when, if you're, when you're financing, just because we get these questions all the time, if you, f- if you cancel a finance product, you don't get that cash back. It just lower. It's like a house. It lowers your your uh, your payoff on your car. You don't pay it off sooner. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. you have to wait. Uh, I mean, you pay it off sooner. Three or four years or whatever you finance it for before you get it back. Uh, anyway, uh, final paperwork matched the work sheet. Except now there was a little more a two hundred seventy nine dollar electronic filing fee, which was not revealed. That wasn't on the, the beginning. That wasn't on the worksheet. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's 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 a no no. Um, and here's what I don't like. When we finished, Wally, the F&I manager, handed, a, handed us our paperwork uh, on a credit card-sized thumb drive. Uh, no. Autocorrect. And, Damn autocorrect. And, um, and uh, when Agent Lightning called me to t- uh, apologize for buying the car from our competition, I asked her how much she paid. She said she wasn't sure because they had given her this thumb drive and she didn't know how to use it. So um, other dealers are doing this, and it's become fairly popular. Uh, the dealers are offering this. Um, and I have no problem with offering it. I think uh, too many people rely on paper, right. and they should be given. I, uh, I think it should be handed side by side. I would yeah. prefer the electronic thing because I'd yeah. put it right in my computer, and I could access it yeah. anytime. any yeah. But give me the paperwork, too. Yeah, you need, it. You need both. And it's too easy to lose the thumb drive. I know you can lose paperwork too, but it's not as Much likely. Smaller. And so there we are. Christian was working on getting my new RAV4 ready while my husband and I were in Wally's office, F&I manager. We came out, he was waiting with the keys, books, and manuals. He helped us download the Toyota app on our phones and help set up everything. We thanked him, drove home together in our beautiful new ride. And it is a beautiful car. There's a picture of it right there. And you can see how you would be emotionally involved with that beautiful <coughs> RAV4 hybrid that are practically, you know, I mean, they're like, you can't buy them. They're not available. They don't, uh, they don't exist. And she got lucky, and she found it. Uh, oh, and of course, Toyo Guard was part of the whole product too. So you could bump the the uh, the profit up a little further. The MSRP, by the way, manufacturer suggested retail price is a misnomer because. The Toyo Guard for $700 is put on by the distributor, right. not the manufacturer. So uh, there's uh, uh, the, the uh, Toyo Guard costs the dealers about $250, and they sell it for $700. Six, yeah, $699. $699. And, uh, so we did an analysis. So it was uh, it was pretty pretty brutal. Um, so she paid a total of including the junk fees um $5,380 over MSRP. Yeah. And then an additional the back, the finance products were another 4,652 bucks. Yeah. So I'm guessing probably around a $12,000 profit. Yeah, $12,000 profit with the back end. Uh, the uh, the other part of this is taking the car home immediately and uh, on the uh, I, I, I have my magnifying glass <coughs> in my briefcase, but uh, they have both the, 
They have the arbitration agreement she signed, which most dealers do. We don't, but most dealers do. Arbitration says you can't sue the dealer. You have to take it through the American arbitration agreement um, procedure, which is the, the deck is stacked for the seller and not the buyer. So the, uh, when you lose your right to take a dealer to court to sue him, you've lost a lot. Also, it has here on the uh, thumb drive uh, that uh, she didn't see or didn't read that uh, that when she takes the car home, she can't bring it back. Sale is final. Uh, you, once you once you sign the papers, you take the car home. Uh, a lot of people think there's a 72-hour right of rescission of the contract. That's only for home solicitation sales, and it does not apply to anything else. So. And, and mortgages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but on almost all products, when you buy it and take it home, you own it. And even if you say they misled you or overcharged you, you can't get out of it. So there we are. Uh, the most unusual shopping report we've ever had on this show. Exactly. And our mystery shopper uh, succumbed. And they, Took it all the way. And the bottom line is, if it happened to <laughs> Agent Lightning, it can happen to you. And uh, you have to be careful. Because emotion is a very powerful driver of what we do in life. We don't like to admit it, but we all have it. Stu has it. Rick has it. Jonathan has it. I have it. Nancy has it. We make decisions in life on emotion. So don't bring yourself into a position where you're going to let emotion put you in that position. It's hard to... uh, Anticipate. There's so many things working against you. Yeah. You got your emotions, and then the, the the fear of embarrassing yourself. You know, wasting people's times. You feel obligated to the people. That's yeah. that's a that's a sales training technique. Exactly. You, you build obligation. You Absolutely. build commitment. Um, by the longer you spend time with somebody, they feel that they that they owe you something. Yeah. There's a saying among car salespeople: is you continue selling until they buy or they die. Right. Is so you you invest your time, and the longer you keep a person at the car dealership, uh, the longer they feel obligated to you because you're a salesperson, you're paid a commission. They feel like this poor guy's been out in the hot sun. He waited for me for two hours before I got there, and he spent another two hours with me. So all that figures into your psyche. We recommend on this show this radio show, that you don't go into car dealerships, that you do it online, by telephone, and make all your decisions, do your research uh, before you ever, ever. You should only actually go into the car dealership to take delivery of the car. Now, we know that's totally impractical, but minimize it. Certainly don't do the buying experience there. Go in to look at the car and drive it, but do not go in there to make a decision whether or not to buy it. All there right. we are. Well, we have grades coming in, and uh, we have from uh, from Frank, unusual mystery shopping report. Obviously, you have to give the dealership a passing get grade. It's still a seller's market, C minus, and that's a very generous grade. P.S. The Audi SQ5 we purchased uh, from Brian at, at the store dealership was at MSRP. So good job, Frank. Uh, Bob gives a C for Treasure Coast Toyota. He says, "I bet your dog would do a good job in the box." He would. He's just very, he's not high-pressure dog. He's uh, very nice. Um, Mark, too many fees, C-. minus. Now, my grade, 
one thing bothered me more than all, all of it, and I'm going to give them the lowest. I'm, I'm keeping them at a D minus. It was, yes, they're doing what everybody else is doing, so they should be around a C. They snuck in a $279 junk fee that was never discussed. It was on the final paperwork in F and I. At that point, who you know, it's too late to, to do anything. At that point, so that that was really you know, that was really sneaky. So D minus for me. I'll probably have the lowest grade. Let's well, slip by me too. I'm glad you reminded me about that, Rick. Kirk in West By God, Virginia. Generally truthful dealership equals a C. Horrible price, add-ons, and undisclosed e-filing fee. Kirk caught that one too. Mm-hmm. But probably the best she could get on an on-the-lot hybrid. And yeah, I mean, being as it was there. Uh, let's see here. We have. We have another D minus that came in. We have somebody uh, concurring with my D minus, so that's good. There we go. Uh, Tim Gilliland, glad agent. Well, he says agent Thunder. Actually, he meant agent Lightning is happy, but no car buying for me until market adjustments are in our rearview mirror. The C. Uh, Kyle in Pennsylvania, who his comments, he was rather heartbroken that she got stuck with this situation and had to buy the car. Yeah. F went to Treasure Coast looking for treasure and got killed by pirates. <laughs> Brian said, let go. 12000 over MSRP. Treasure Coast gets a D from me. And, and Kyle actually comes back and says, I'd ride a bike for eight more months if it meant saving ten grand." Mark Ryan, C minus. As an expert mystery shopper, I was surprised at all the extras she purchased. As her cover has been exposed, are you afraid of Treasure Coast sharing her details with the other dealers now? And I said, I don't think she actually got exposed in this. I think she still can right. do mystery shops a secret. And for myself, they, they don't have a radio show, so I don't know how yeah. they're going to get it out there. I I agree with Stu. D minus for my grade. Okay, um, before we run out of time here, we have two more votes. <clears throat> um, I, uh, well, I want to take a shower, uh, first of all. Uh, transparency, honesty, uh, it didn't exist. This is old school. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, as I always say, it's a minefield out there. For Treasure Coast Toyota, from me, they get an F. Oh, boy. I knew that was coming. I had a feeling. I'm a, I'm going to move up to a C minus uh, from a D minus. I almost wanted to do. I agree with Stu on the D minus. Part of it is partly the fact that I don't want anyone to say it was sour grapes with us, and uh, so I'll do them a favor, give them a C minus. And uh, again, um, it's, it's it can't be sour grapes for us because Agent Lightning is still going to take the Highlander she's ordering. <laughs> so she's uh, and she's going to give the RAV4 to her daughter. Okay, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. You're an important part of the show, as I say, every week. Tune in next week. Um, we'll be right back here Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Have a wonderful weekend.